So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. This is going to be a fun podcast because this one's all mine. There's no guest coming on. There's just me and Connor today. If hey, guys, what's up, guys? If you guys listen to Self Storage Income, Connor is my co-host for Self Storage Income, and you're going to understand here in a minute why we got Connor joining us to have this discussion today. I'm super excited about it. So going to be a good one. It's going to be a great one. So let's just dive right in. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows I uh, don't do a lot of fluff. I like to hit points, get to issues, um, and talk about what's going on. One of the things that I've loved about this podcast is the ability to share with others tactics that we use on a day-to-day basis to be successful, to grow our businesses, that when we change our strategies, our thoughts, what's happening, and to kind of share with others, you know, looking back, how we got here, right? And, you know, it's huge. And it's kind of like, you know, on the last podcast with my dad, we were talking about, you know, we would never in a million years thought that we'd be here today where we're at. And I was so, Bigger Pockets is releasing my podcast um, in, well, by the time this releases, probably a few days. So it'll be about three days. On this podcast, um, me and Brandon, we walked through a lot of things that I wanted to share with you guys first and give you a good glimpse. And there's a reason why. First of all, I'm releasing my book this, well, by the time you're hearing it, now. (laughs) You're good to go. (laughs) You're good to go. It's out. Um, This is a... If any of you have written a book, um, you already know uh, that you should never write a book. And for all of you that are dreaming of writing a book, (laughs) you should know it's... um, it's great, guys. I mean, it's, it didn't it, take it, you any time at all. I mean, it was super, <laughs> super easy. Um, it, yeah, this was so consuming. The reason, really, uh, I wrote it was because of the feedback we were getting from people on um, investing and um, the tactics in particular. For those of you that know, I'm in self-storage. And that the information out there is just not that great. Um, There's very few books, things like that. And so we decided after we'd been asked a lot. And um, once again, all all, all of you listening to this podcast know the reason I started all of this was because uh, my, when I became paralyzed and sitting in the hospital, I started, I literally started cash flow to freedom in the hospital. And it was just my way of saying, I am so blessed to be able to sit here and not worry about finances. And so I said, I'm going to share this with other people. And you're always worried about sharing, right, with other people, thoughts, and how you did things and everything, because we're all so afraid of being judged, especially to put it out in the format like I try to do, where it's like, I'm telling you this week what we're doing, and that may be wrong. 
So a lot of the stuff I talk to people about on this podcast, um, and we used to do the uh, Friday. Oh uh, yeah, fifteen minute. Yeah, Fridays. fifteen minute Fridays, yeah. and I kept asking people, I'm like, "Do you like this? Do you not?" And so um, we stopped because I, I didn't have feedback e- either way. But if you guys really like it, I, I I'm happy to bring it back. But um, through those segments and what I try to do when we speak on podcasts is tell you exactly what we're doing businesses we're starting, that we're building, investment strategies, all that kind of stuff, um, without knowing whether they were going to be successful. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff's putting yourself out there. It's easy to do a podcast after the fact, you know, exactly, and walk right. through and say, you know, look how good. But to in real time to be telling you guys, this is what I'm doing, and I really hope I don't have to, you know, come back in a month and be like, yeah, that, right. that sucked. Well, and what's so amazing about that is because that's the thing that none of us ever see with anybody. You see the end product. You, you see the failure or you yeah. see the success. That's it. And yeah. you don't see that in between. You don't see the journey of a lot of people, which which is huge because there's so many misconceptions with the path. and Oh, it's crazy. And in getting from point A to point B or point A to point Z, you know, whatever yeah. it is that you're doing. And it's not clear cut. It's not universal. It's not, it's, it's ever changing. It's yes. dynamic. It's difficult. It's just not, it's not a straight path. And in like we've talked about on uh, self-storage income and, and as you guys have talked on uh, cash flow, it's just, you're, you're not going to know everything starting out. Things change. Um, which I think is just, again, it's just really cool that, um, you have built these, these platforms and put the stuff out there throughout the journey, you know, of doing these things and, you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't, um, because that's just so much that stuff that we don't see. Yeah. And two, even when writing through this book and everything, it's, you just can't communicate that. Like you can, when I get to talk to everybody every week and it's so dynamic it's so different you guys can hear it in my voice you can see when I'm questioning things that's a way that can't be expressed in text now the downside though with the podcast and the reason why the book why I thought okay we need to to do a book and we're not just going to talk about the book on here we have our whole framework and we're going to get into the investing details and we're going to talk about scale and everything in this podcast but um I want to first preference it by saying the the reason why the text format was so important was because it was a way for me to say, you know, when we're doing self-storage income podcast, we're doing it just to talk about self-store, self-storage, things like that. But you have all these podcasts and it's filled with all this information and everything. And I wanted it to be something that somebody could pick up and say, I can listen to AJ's podcasts, everything I can, but he wrote a manual on this like this is how you do it from back to front although concepts are changing although things are moving it gives visual representation we give numbers we give data we show funnels in that things that i can't show you guys on the podcast so then it all of a sudden can put concepts that i teach and line those concepts up with actual numbers and case studies that we do and that that was a very that, that was another way to communicate and, that we don't have in the podcast. Um, now, two, I should mention that is not my natural way of communicating. Writing is not 
Um, I'm dyslexic. Writing is not my natural way of communicating. Um, I literally, when I have important emails, I'm, I, I'll just yell at whoever's there, there across, across the office, Connor or somebody else, hey, come read this email before I send it. I, I don't want to look like an idiot here. Um, and so talking is, you know, when, when you have those problems in your life, I feel like um, it was funny because Brandon Turner s- said this right at the fir- front of the po- first of the Bigger Pockets podcast. He's like, you know, he's like, AJ, you just have this amazing way of explaining a lot of these concepts and these financial concepts. And, you know, I kind of smiled because I had to because that was the only way I could communicate. I, I couldn't write people letters. I, you know, I just sucked so bad at that. And, um, you know. I couldn't, I can't write hardly the simplest sentence. So I had to very much overcompensate through speaking with others and communicating because that was the only strength that I had. And so for me, the book was like, wow, this is, you know, this is nothing I ever thought I would ever even do because it's not my strength, but I'm really excited about it. So I, I, I hope you guys love it. If you're into self storage, before we jump into all these concepts and give you guys the first glance before bigger pockets rolls out, let me tell you first of all what we're doing. Then we'll jump into price, scale, why you don't need money, all this kind of stuff. So first thing for all our loyal listeners here, you guys and cash flow to freedom. We're also doing this in the other podcast, but we are doing for three days a special. So if you're listening to this now, I believe it's going to the 25th. So I hope you're listening to it. If you missed it, shoot us an email or something. We'll, we'll still do something special, but I'm going to discount the book to the lowest price that I can apparently on Amazon because Amazon has to take their fee. And so whatever their cut is, I discounted that. So I don't make money on it or anything for all our listeners, but you buy it, um, at whatever the fee it is for Amazon to process and sell it to you. Um, that'll be, we, we're, we're loading it up on Amazon, but it won't be done till Monday when this drops, I think it's probably, I think it's like $9.99 and that's the, all the stuff that Amazon does. That's what I hear, but we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it's lower. Um, and the, if you get on there, you buy the book and you give us, uh, a great review on Amazon, we are letting everybody get it at the discounted price. And then two, you give us a great review, shoot us thing, showing us the review. And, um, we're going to give you the first, if anyone's been to the sites, they've seen our modelers on the site. We have a deal analyzer. We're going to give you that for free. But then I actually have another one. And this is like a syndicate, a syndicating plus deal and partner um, analyzing. So you take the same numbers, you take the deal analyzer, and it ups it to a whole nother level. Um, this one calculator cost me over $4,000 to build. It's a behemoth. It's crazy. It can analyze everything. If you need to get partners, if you want to syndicate, if you want to look at the deal in all sorts of different ways at sales form, it, it, it is just huge. So we're going to give you both of them. So we'll give you deal analyzer and then the big daddy of deal analyzers, which is just not a deal analyzer. It also points out returns from splits and equity and all sorts of stuff. So that analyzing tool, both of those, you guys, you buy the book, shoot us, shoot us an email and we're, 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 we're going to give you both of those free. Um, once again, this is going till the 25th, just, just to our loyal customers. We're trying to do a pre-launch for you guys. The book is called The Investor's Guide to Growing Wealth in Self-Storage. 
And uh, so you can show notes. We're obviously linking it up there and you can hear more about the launch and everything as we go. But with that said, I wanted to give you guys the inside look at some of the discussions we were having through bigger pockets and let you guys know that it's interesting when I go on to other people's podcasts and speaking because I don't really have the liberty to talk like I do on here because they, you know, hey, we got to move along. Yeah, I'm on their time frame, right? And I'm on their agenda. Um, I, I'm trying to share things that are relevant to their audience, things like that. Uh, so it's it's an awesome podcast. We had a blast. You guys are going to love it. The Bigger Pockets podcast when it's coming out. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and... But when we look at your guys, the playbook here, the ultimate investor's guide, there's a few things that we want to get started. And the investor's guide to growing wealth and self-storage, which is the book, is very similar to the investor's guide to growing wealth in anything. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk through today in this podcast is some of these concepts, whether you're in self-storage or not, doesn't matter. And we're, we're going to probably do this in two parts because I tend to have a lot to say about these things. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know way. I get excited and I, I know, Oh, I got to talk about this. Um, so we'll, we'll probably do this in two parts. So first of all, I'm going to break it down into a few frames and references. I try to make sure I hit on basic intro points as well as, um, higher, um, actionable points in the content. So people can have it well-rounded, right? Um, I, I think I want to first start out with changing some traditional ways of thinking. When you're looking at deals and investing, a lot of people always go back to, I don't have the money or I don't need money, everything like that. Um, money is the least valuable thing of any deal. And it's so funny to me when I hear people say, well, if I had the money, I could do that. And I said, well, if you could do it, you would have the money. And you got to realize that. It's not the other way around. And I, I can't express this enough. Money gets... So when you're syndicating deals... Perfect example, retail investors. Retail investors give their money to the markets. They get the lowest return out of every single cut of the pie. Always. So for me... When I'm doing a deal, I know how to get infinite returns and basically eliminate my risk. And I eliminate my risk. And this is the market. It's not just something I do. It's the largest market in the world it, that makes the, self, or the uh, stock market look like it's nothing. So what happens is this. Let's say I buy an asset. I, um, I buy an asset. I turn this asset around. Okay, so I, I increase the value. And this is, how, this, this is literally what we do every single time we underwrite. I'm looking for, first of all, okay, there's so much in this that I got to break down. Let's start right at the first. I've got a deal. I look for what I call money on the table. Okay, The money on the table is the, the difference between what is happening at that asset and what the current market can absorb. So this is true in all assets, okay? I don't care if you're buying a business, we do it. This is literally what we've done with online businesses, service-based businesses, self-storage, commercial properties. When you're looking and evaluating an asset, it's performing at a certain level. But that doesn't mean that it has to perform at that level. 
And when you look at the market, there's lots of assets that are similar to it. They're doing the exact same thing, but they're performing at a much higher level. The difference between that is what I call money at the table. So the money at the table, if I'm, if I, if I'm buying a storage facility, commercial asset, a business, right? You look at it and say, here's all the things you're not doing. So you're charging rent at X, but the market can handle rent at a certain level. The spread between its current performance and where the market is, that's just, that's given to you by doing things better. You can see this all over the place, right? Um, uh, you know, people that invest in single family homes, this is called the Burr strategy, right? Well, we do this in storage and every, this is how, this is my method of doing business. And that spread, I know it's there. The reason I like this is because it's measurable. I can tell you exactly how much I'm going to make. I'm not guessing. I'm not hoping on appreciation. I'm not saying, oh, in 10 years, I'm sure this is going to be awesome, right? That's not how real investors work. I'm looking and I say, okay, here's our model. Here's what we can do. And then here's how we get there. We buy it. We turn the asset around. We get it to that level. Then from there, we take the money off the table. And I take the money off the table by refinancing, okay? So let's say you buy a property for 70-30, right? I increase the revenue and the value and say it takes one or two years to do it, maybe three. And then at that point, I refinance at the exact same 70-30 level. So my debt ratio has not changed at all. So it's not like I'm over leveraging. That's not what this is about. In fact, I'm very conservative when it comes to leverage. Um, so I'm improving the property at the exact same ratio uh, that I would refinance out. I take my money out. Now I have all my capital back and more because it was cash flowing. Plus we did improvements, right? At the time of refinance, then we move on. Uh, then we take that asset and we move into markets that are called not, uh, uh, the, the debt markets, which we do non-recourse loans. A lot of people may have heard of these or know these as CMBS loans. Okay. So we use CMBS loans or you can go and work via um, insurance companies do this too, which means I own the asset, they own the debt, but the asset backs the debt, not me. I'm not signing my home. I'm not signing any of those things. If the asset goes belly up, I hand the keys back to them. It's their problem. What they do is they take that debt and they do what's called collateralize. So they put it in with a bunch of other people's debt and they wave their magic wand, and this now becomes a new asset. This asset, which is my debt and other people's debt, other business owners, entrepreneurs, once again, this, this is standard. This is, how the, this is how business and things work. This is very, very normal. Um, this goes on to what you all know, and I'd probably venture to say 90% of you own bonds. Your bond is paying you whatever, 2%. Let's call it. What I've done is I've shifted my risk to you. Because if my debt goes belly up, right, that's the bank and the bonds problem, not me. So I've taken all my money out. Now I've shifted all the risk. It's in the bond market, which is the biggest market in the world. And I get infinite returns plus all the benefits of owning it, tax, on and on and on. This is how you get infinite returns 
with zero risk as we talk about. All right. So this is our main method of doing business. It's first of all, we want to get the highest returns possible at the lowest risk. That's obvious, right? That's business. This is a fantastic way to go about and do this. When you look though at the capital and the need of capital. So now we now we're back down to the money problem. First of all, when you're analyzing a deal, um, I don't start with money. I don't, that's not how we look at what we're going to do. That's not how we invest. So I don't know why everybody else does. Um, because that doesn't make sense. If you had a triangle and the base of the triangle is the most, the most important thing, I mean, you're talking, you would have everything from deal to platform, technology, ability, knowledge, all of this kind of stuff. And then at the very top, you have money. That's because that's why when you buy a bond, you get a 2% return and I get a hundred percent at no risk, right? Um, that is the least important part. If I have all those other things, deal knowledge, all that kind of stuff, I can fund deals all the time and I can do that, um, and take on no risk. And I can also get equity and everything else like that for free because the money is the least important part. So they get their return, right? But then the upside goes to the other side. This is standard practice in investing. So when you look at this higher level of investors, performers, um, business owners, they think inverse than most people. And so like I, I try to tell people, if you want to, whether you want financial freedom, you want to build you know, an empire, whatever it may be, you, you got to change your way of thinking. First of all, you, you have to gain knowledge. You have to gain understanding. This may mean you need to work. It, it may mean you need to try deals on your own, right? The amount we've learned, we, the amount we've paid for, the times that we've screwed things up that I've had to do, I mean, it's, it's been a long road. Well, now we're at a point where that knowledge, this everything we've built, right? Now it means something. And we can do amazing things with it. Well, we paid for it. And, you know, and I'm not just talking money. I'm talking time, life, everything else like that. And what we were doing is we were building a base. And the base we were building was to scale, okay? So if you're looking at um, the... The, the mode of operation to scale, and we talk about this in bigger pockets. I'm going to give a snapshot. Really, the first and foremost thing is the platform, the knowledge, the deal. How are you going to structure it? Who's going to run it? How's it going to operate? And a lot of people think they need the money or they need all the knowledge. And this is a misnomer to the extreme um, because you can't be perfect. No one is. I'm not. And so I have to get good people to help me and fill in the gaps. Well, even even if you were perfect, I mean, even take the most successful people on the planet, none of them have done or are currently doing anything on their own. No, I know no you one. say that no, you know, success is created on is not created on an island, which is so true because, I mean, and just kind of like it's interesting because we're, we're talking about this aspect of of money being this least important thing where. It doesn't matter if you have the money. You just need these other resources and abilities and everything else to go out and make something happen. That's the same no matter if you're just starting out or when you get to a uh, when you're super super successful because yeah doesn't like change we've talked about too. You only have so much capital to to yes. deploy to utilize. You're going to be doing the same exact thing starting out as you would be if you're running a 
hundred billion dollar company. Yeah, like exactly. It's the same exact thing. And and that's where it's weird to me when I think, you know, when people are like, Oh, I don't have the money. And I'm like, You think that the guy that's a billionaire First of all, you think that he's risking his money? You think that he right. is? That's not how this works. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's, exactly. That doesn't work like that. Um, so you're right. He's still doing the exact same thing we're talking about. In fact, he's doing it at massive amount. And this is where we talk about leverage. Leveraging opportunity, resources, people, knowledge, all of this. In life, you need to leverage the things around you that you have to achieve anything. Happiness, a great family. I mean... Everyone knows that, you know, children are raised by a community. It takes everybody. It takes good teachers. It takes good family and friends. And you may work as hard as you can, and your kids may just have stupid friends, and then they end up getting in trouble. And then they end up doing bad things. You're like, I told them to never do that, right? So it's using the resources to get the best outcome. This is, this is all it is. And money is not the staple in that equation that holds it all together. So scale this platform that you create, right? You need the people, the knowledge, the systems. Well, the other corners, of the other pieces to your base is deal flow. So you need to be able to have something to buy. Capital, um, technology, these things all need to work together. But the great thing about it is that's normally how I view my four pieces. The great thing about creating that base to scale off of is that you don't need all of them. You need access to all of them. So if other people have them, work with them. And once you get down, and we, we I've talked about this so many times when we talk about it. It's something everyone struggles with. I struggle with everybody struggles with, but I, I do believe that pride is the biggest killer of success more than anything else. I want to own it all. I want to do it myself. And I want it, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's just not how it works. You've got to share. Other people have to become successful with you or you don't become successful. Um, that's the beautiful thing about capitalism. It's not about you. It's about other people. If you're not giving other people what they want, then you don't get anything in return. And so when you look at getting started and when you're looking at doing this stuff, go search, surround yourself with high performers. We, t- man, we talked about this last, last week on the podcast with my dad, what he was talking about surrounding changing, changing his circumstances, right? And this is a practice that once again, every successful people, they keep doing because your network uh, it changes your information, it changes your knowledge, and changes your opportunities. It's all about people. Now, when you're starting out, uh, too, not only changing your circumstance as far as people goes, but you need to change your circumstance and habits that, that are going to input. I can't tell you how many people live a daily life that is not correlated with what they want out of life. Um, these sound basic, but they're not, and they're really hard to do. Um, we all want to veg in front of the TV. We all want to do things, you know, whatever, go to the bar, hang out with friends, all that kind of stuff. And everybody's like, that's ah, not a big deal. And it's like, you're right. It's not a big deal if you don't want to achieve certain things. But if you want to live a great life, if you want to achieve financial freedom, things like that, you got to think and do things differently. And you need to look at the output that you want as, okay, that's great but I need to analyze my input. What am I putting in? Because 
that's what comes out. And so it's, you know, starting out understanding what makes success, as we talked about, money's not the thing. If you are doing the right things with the, if you have the right knowledge, opportunities, uh, friends, which you create, I'm not saying you're given those things, you're creating those things all from you. Successful people constantly create opportunities more and more and more. Why do wealth, the wealthy get wealthier because of two things. First of all, they figured it out, right? Which we all, everybody shares. We all share this. It's not, it's not a secret or anything. Um, and then second, they own assets. Don't make it more complicated than that because assets always increase in value over the long run. The staples, right? Okay. I'm not talking Bitcoin or something. Um, right. But real estate, things like that. Um, you know, people that own assets, they own the economy and that increases in value, right? Consumerism, all that kind of stuff drives down. So when you're looking at this foundation, so many times we bring it back to the basics because everybody's like, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. And you're like, you may get that, but you're not doing that. So I don't know. It, it, or you're getting just overly complicated in, yes. in your analysis yes. or, or whatever it is where, I mean, I find myself a lot of times where I kind of start going down a rabbit hole and I'm like, okay, oh, well, I, I need I to chase put this together. I need to put that together. <laughs> yeah. And then like, before I know it, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like I, I've got to go back. Like, these are the four things that I need and that's yeah, it. That's it. Okay. Like, here we go. Like go down that path, you know? And two, like, like you said, go down that path, action, like do something. Right. And you know, I, 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 huge shiny object um you know problem because i'm so interested in so many things right. right um that i have to you know focus up and everything but the good side of that is i just kind of do it it's like hey i need to write a book all right i just do it and then i force myself to get through it i put the people and everything in place so i can't quit so i have huge accountability um and then that makes me you know go through and do it and so it causes this even if I fail, that's okay, but it, it, cre- it creates a system of action and accountability. Well, and again, like you just said a minute ago, you've figured it out, just like a lot of people, and, and going back to what you were talking about, about input and output, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You're, you're putting that input in and getting that output, and you understand not only – you understand what you're doing now and the value that it provides, not just right now, and especially not right now, but just – as time goes on, after everything's done, after you've front loaded that, after you've accomplished whatever it is that you know, finish this book and move forward. I mean, dude, I mean, just from the podcast alone, how many people we've gotten connected with and how many people have just bombarded us with emails and, and reaching out and just with incredible stories and opportunities and everything else, I can only imagine, you know, what a piece of content like a, a solid book like this is going to do you know, out there. But. Well, and two, you bring up a good point. Like, let me give you an example right now, why money doesn't matter. So we get uh, an email from a gentleman who just says, hey, um, I have some opportunities you may be interested in. And shot down little little thing real quick. Like, always love opportunities, whatever. Shoot me what you got. Um, and it, it, he's like, hey, I have this property. It's a bankrupt building, uh, Super Kmart. Um, he's like, it's in the Midwest. And he says, um, I think it may be a good thing for this, this, and this. And I say, well, shoot me this information. We'll see. Well, we keep going down the road, right? He has no money. He's never done this before. Um, Now, all of a sudden, we're under contract. We're moving forward. We're hoping we're going to close in the next two months. He's getting a piece of that. 
he's going to own um, an asset that will be uh, e- e- seven to ten million build just to get it operating, and then somewhere between fifteen to you know twenty five million when it's done. Um, at the square foot that we're looking at, I'd peg it right at a refinance of eighteen million, which is similar to what we've done in the past. Um, and he's he's an he gets to be an owner of equity. He's and it, it was nothing. It, he created out of nothing. He didn't have the money. He didn't start with it. Yeah. Most people would pa- look look at that opportunity and be like, oh, I can't do that. Like look at the bank account and they're like, yeah, like ah, well, well, no, no move on. Let's just go to the movie. Um, there, you know, so. It's these things are created. I can't stress that enough. Um, when we're looking once again as I would say the ultimate guide here, and that's creating infinite returns with close to no risk. Um, it's about creating systems that are repeatable, and it's about identifying the opportunity. Now, the funny thing is when I say you know there's money on the table, you know why there's money on the table? Because for some reason those people can't see it. If they could see it, they'd pick it up. Or they don't care to see it. Or they don't care to see it. And this has to do with knowledge and work, right? Um, it takes work to get that money off the table, right? And it takes knowledge to identify the opportunity. So when you're looking at this idea of creating the inf- infinite returns, you need to find the opportunities through knowledge to know what performance can be, where it's at. And this brings to a very important part for anybody in any asset in any business, price and value are not the same. Okay. Now, all those people that are efficient market um, theorists, their their heads are blowing. That's not true. Yes, it is true. And if you don't believe it, look at every single recession we've ever been in. So price and value are totally different. Um, Because somebody will pay the price of a storage facility of $10 million, it doesn't mean that that's its value. Now, the reason why this is hard is because value changes, and it changes based upon a lot of inputs, right? But at some point, there is a capital value point. So your value may be different than ours and how that works, right? But the point is here, price doesn't equal value. That's especially true when you're dealing with assets because retail investors pay a price but the value was determined long ago and everybody else has already taken their cut. A perfect example of this would be one of the facilities that we purchased. Yeah. Do you want to run them through that valuation process? Everybody yeah. thinks that you've paid, you've overpaid by millions yeah. when in reality you're like, no, like yep. it's, it's, this is what it's valued at. So this, it is, and it's a great example to illustrate all of this. And um, we'll, uh, uh, yeah, so, okay, let, let me walk you through it. So there was an auction. We, the um, appraiser put the appraiser for the uh, appraisal for this asset, right? I think it was just right above 3 million. We looked at it and immediately, you know, we have the knowledge in the background to say, okay, this, this obviously isn't right, which is generally true with appraisers. Um, so we went to our bank and said, listen, um, Everybody's coming in here to bid on this $3 million asset. We don't, this isn't true, and here's why. And we took our numbers and said, get your appraiser bank, and we want to overlay the numbers that in our performance and how we do things over this asset. Um, Give that to the appraiser and have them come back. This is known in the market, right? Happening today. It's not, it's not guessing. It's not, you know, going up, nothing like that. It's, this is, 
were, were performing at this level. Anyways, we they give it to the bank. The bank gives it to the appraiser, and it's an actual appraisal. So he does the appraising thing. We're not, you know, we don't have anything to do with it. And he then comes back and gives us the new appraisal at, oh, I've got to remember here. I think it was $6 million, right about $6 million, which was low, but it worked for us. So we walked in, and we're all sitting in the room. We're in the room with REITs. We're in the room with big investors and everybody else like that to, for this auction of this asset. Everyone else is playing on an evaluation of uh, uh, $3 million, and that's the, the price they're willing to pay because of the valuation. Ours is six. Literally double. So we're willing to go much higher. Um, when, I believe it was six. Okay, I'll have to double check that to be exact. But it was a lot, you know, it was definitely <laughs> over four million. And so when we went back, because our the reason I, I hesitate, our valuation on it personally was right around eight. And so when we when we went up and when we sat down and we, we went in, everybody was bidding up. Um, it got to 3.2, I think, which was the exact number. Uh, a lot of people started to fall off on that because they were just looking for what they thought was a bargain deal, even though they had no concept of what the value was, mm. except for the appraisal price. So they viewed if it's above that or below that price, that means it's a good deal. It didn't at all. And so once we got above 3.5, then people started dropping off fast and then we went, uh, and then the REIT, we were competing against a REIT, and there was only one um, left, and we got it at $4 million. And we walked out of that, and everybody was like, you paid a million dollars more than it was worth. And I looked at him, and I'm like, I paid $3 million under what it was worth. So the disparity here, yep. this can kind of show you here as we walk through this. Let me explain what happened three months. Three months. We signed it the next morning from the auction. We sent out rate increases because the performance of the facility was not performing at market standards. We readjusted the structure. We, um, within three months, we had increased revenues over 30%. Um, we had lost 15% initially. I think it was 15 maybe closer to 20% of the occupancy, which we had already filled back up and the occupancy was higher than the level we'd bought it at in that three months. So we're now in June. This was, I think, March when we bought it. By the time we were in June, um, the facility was valued at eight to $10 million. And we the average increase was 67% on the per unit revenue. Um, and it went up as high as almost 200%. Um, so revenue jumped massively. And um, the delinquencies got cut out. So there was all this money sitting on the table, right? So between delinquencies, between not collecting on insurance, open units, and then not even asking. So y you may have a market rate but then a lot of people weren't paying what they should have been. So getting people to actually pay, pay what they should be, just cleaning it up. I'm not talking about anything crazy. Yeah, you're not doing anything no, like it's unknown. Just what or it out. should be doing today. Right. Like what you're just matching a market. Done. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, Insane. I'm blowing it out or anything. Then 
we blew past our appraisal price. Every person we've ever talked to is like, we should have bought that. And how did and how did we know it not? It, it, it comes back down to, once again, this knowledge. We surrounded ourselves with people that could help us figure it out, what the value was. We cared very little about what the price was. So these are things, once again, in this ultimate guide, these, these basic things that you need to base level to get these infinite returns, zero risk. These are some of the things that we walk through and we do. Um, I'm going to go through a whole nother, like on the playbook side with the book and the investor's guide to growing self-storage on, on the next podcast. Cause I'm not going to take two hours here from you guys. Um, but really dive in. So the great thing about the book is I, I think I, I use that exact example, except I put it with all the numbers. So, you know, right here, I'm just trying to think in in the book, I line it up and, um, that one or another, we get full P and L's just boom, 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 year by year, by year, by year, you can see exactly what happened. And then we can, then I walk you through and show you, this is how we did it. This is how you get it. Um, it's there's super detailed case studies that like, that's kind of one of the frustrating things where there's a lot of books out there that talk about these ideas or these concepts or, or investing in general or business in general. And there's not a lot of stuff out there that, uh, that, that does this to such a, the degree with, you know, providing the numbers, providing real case studies that, that, that also walks you guys through all of it. And, you know, I've looked at it all. It looks incredible. It's, it makes so much sense. And, uh, it's, it's going to be, you're going to find a lot of value in it. It's going to be going to be great for a lot of people. We're, we're excited about it. So once again, everybody, this is just for the listeners here. And this is for our listeners and the people on our site for our two podcast. You guys go, you, you buy the book at the lower cost for starting out. And then um, we uh, give us a great review, send it in. We'll give you the financial models. Once again, both of these things together, I spent somewhere between four to 6,000 bucks. They were really expensive and it took a really long time and they're really good. Um, one of them's on my site. The other one, I don't even, I don't sell it nothing. And so you guys come, we'll give you both of those things. We want to reward the people that listen to us, our followers. Um, this is why we do it. I'm really excited about the book. I competitive. I want to make it a number one spot in Amazon. So I'm, you know, let's do it. And you guys get first shot. Then the rollout with all the other podcasts and bigger pockets and the, the, the big rollout will come as we, and we'll adjust prices and everything there. So guys get out there. Check it out. Links in the bio, uh, or links in the bio. This isn't. This, this isn't, isn't Instagram. This isn't Instagram. Dude. Uh, uh, in the show notes. In the show notes. That, that's what it is on the podcast. That's yeah. right. Show notes. Show notes. Uh, on this so one. go there. I hope you guys like it. Um, let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, once again, if you, if there's some maybe some spelling errors, things. Obviously, I had a lot of people look through it, but uh, give me a little grace on that. So. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> no promises. That we this is my everything. first book. <laughs> so, but guys, let me know. Come yeah, reach out to me. Social AJ Osborne Instagram. Um, give us a great great review. It, that that means the world to us. This that's why we do it. That's how the algorithms work. It makes us get out there in front of more people. That's how you guys can help us and give back. And we appreciate it. Appreciate all you guys. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.